Okay, it's 6 5 Call to order. Um, Roll call. State your name, I believe. We'll call to order. <laughs> Nicole Villanueva. Uh, Andrew Lewis. Deanna Thoman. Stork, present. Seligan. Frank Wagner. Christina Willow Reynolds. Margaret Beck. Great. Uh, public discussion of anything not on the agenda. And please sign in. Um, I'm Cecile Kernsley, a past, recent past member of the Historic Preservation Commission. And I would, uh, in light of some recent events, I recalled some words uh, that Marla Svensson, who was hired multiple times by the city to survey neighborhoods for possible designation as historic districts, she said something once that has really stuck, to, uh, stuck in my mind, and that was that historic preservation begins with zoning. To that end, I am wondering if the commission was consulted about the proposed citywide amendments to the zoning code, um, or have you examined the memorandum that the city sent to the Planning and Zoning Commission about proposed changes, and might have considered what these uh, changes might have on historic districts and on neighborhoods? Would they stabilize neighborhoods? Would they destabilize them? Would weakening design standards uh, be a good idea or not? Um, I brought with me, in case you haven't seen it, I have a couple of copies I'd be happy to leave here. It's a very technical document. You practically have to be a lawyer to read it and, to and uh, figure out what's happening. But I believe um, there's a meeting on September 5th to discuss uh, these. In, is it with council or with planning and zoning? I think it's already been through planning and zoning. So it's, it's been probably through it once, so it's probably for, through for uh, council city next. council. Okay. So, um, I encourage you to look into this and uh, see how it's going to affect historic preservation and neighborhoods. Shall I leave these with you, some of these documents? Sure. Thank you. Yeah, I'm Dr. Donald McFarlane, and I live on Summit Street. So, um, two months from today, September the 9th, will be the 50th anniversary of the designation of Summit Street Historic uh, uh, Area. And um, I think Summit Street was the first historic area designated in Iowa City, quite possibly one of the first in Iowa. So we live at a house there, raised our family there. And um, I'm really very concerned about this document from planning and zoning. It's been a very large amount of work, and a lot of it has been very well done. And um, the document itself is well written and well presented, and it's obviously been thought through very intensively. However, there are things missing from the document. The first is any evidence that reducing design standards actually increases the number 
of affordable housing, particularly in RS5 levels, which is what Summit Street is, because RS5 levels in, in Iowa City um, really can't be affordable unless they become almost slums. I mean, you just do the calculation, it's just not possible. The second absence in the report is the absence of the family house. So there's almost no mention of family. But for me, families owning and living houses is the stabilizing force and is often the, uh, the driving en engine that makes Iowa City a great place to live. Long-term families working hard to raise their families. That's where uh, I want to live. And the third thing which is missing is historic preservation. It's only mentioned a couple of times. Sometimes it's mentioned rather oddly uh, for commercial housing. So commercial housing generally is going to be one f story of commercial space shops and then apartments over the top of that. And for some reason they mention historic preservation for that. There is no mention about historic preservation with the other zoning changes, which I find um, very concerning. So historic preservation is really a, uh, a trust. And that is, you don't guarantee because nobody can guarantee the future, that our house will be more historic, more valuable, and more wonderful in 50 years than it was when this was passed. But there is a belief. There's a belief by you people. There's a belief by the homeowner of stability and enhancing beauty of our neighborhoods. But it's not very carefully written in stone. For instance, Iowa City, I think, could, with a simple motion, abolish the Planning and Zoning Commission. Um, there's no, no general prohibition of that. It could certainly appoint its own members to be on the commission. Many town planners, including, I suspect, some people in Iowa City, regard historic preservation as inhibiting um, the natural growth of the city because it makes it hard to maintain and look after old buildings and they may have a different agenda than that. So I, I, I'm very concerned about this. Maybe my concerns are overstated, but I do urge all of you very carefully to read that document and make marginal notes. And then I would really advise you to put this on the agenda to discuss um, the deficiencies in the report, or at least work through your networks to try to get historic pre preservation into the center and percolating throughout the planning and zoning document. Thank you very much. Thank you. I'm here on a much smaller matter, and it's a letter. The letter is J. And I noticed when I read the packet for today, because I'm here for the Emma Goldman Clinic application to be a landmark, that the um, this room was being called Emma Harvat Hall, and it's actually Emma J. Harvat Hall. And Emma Harvat was very particular about her J, so I'm trying to embody her and represent her as our first female mayor in Iowa City in 1920, and the first female mayor of any community over 10,000 in our country. So put the J in there, would you? Sure. Although Harvat Ha for short works great. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. All right, anybody else from the public? 
moving on to item D, certificate of appropriateness for 738 Rundell Street. Okay, 738 Rundell Street is in the Longfellow Historic District, as you can see here on the map. Um, this is the house. The project first came to the commission in December of 2021, I believe. The project was to remove the attached garage, create a living space out of that, and um, add a garage in the back by the alley. Part of this was determined by the zoning code. Once there's no longer a garage there, you must remove the driveway and then required parking per zoning means the garage is built on the alley. Basically, that's the, the, the uh, chain of events. Um, this is uh, one of the project drawings that was submitted. It was uh, a little hard to uh, tell what was going on exactly, and I'm not sure if it was drawn to scale. And so for the meeting, for the approval, we worked with um, Photoshop images of, of what we were doing. And here is the approved image. Because of the fact that we were removing the garage from the project, basically, from the building, the approval involved um, creating kind of like a fake foundation area, because actually the opening went all the way down to grade originally. It involved uh, adding two windows. They were approved to be aligned with the other residential living space windows on the house. And that would be per our guidelines. Um, at one point during the project, the owners called me out to look at it, and instead of um, what had been approved, they had installed a header all the way across the entire wall. And with that in mind, we would not be able to put the windows at the head height that was approved. Um, the I believe that the original... Um, uh, double two by six header for the garage door is in here as well, but I'm not, I'm not certain on that. Anyway, because of the fact that this changed the configuration of the windows, staff asked the owner to hire an architect to show that it was required to have a header of this size in a wall that would have two separate window size openings. And, um, so they did hire an architect who did provide documentation of the need for a header. I don't have that in, in your packet. I included the um, calculations showing that a nine foot opening does require a double two by 12 for a header. And the documentation also went through and talked about how by keeping here is the section drawing. Here's the two by 12 header. Here is, I guess, the existing two by six header. By keeping this configuration of headers, then the windows would drop to this position, which would align with the existing window around the garage. And so currently the project is to approve 
the header at this location and um, because of the fact that it won't align with the windows on the front of the house, it would need to be proved by exception to the guidelines. We're removing the garage condition, and so the windows on the front, we don't want to align with the garage window around the side. We want it to align with the rest of the windows on the house, on the front of the house. And so the project before you is um, this revision to a previously approved project. And if it is approved, then it would be approved with an exception to the guidelines. Um, okay, clarifying questions from the commission? Hmm. Can you go back to the, oh. Sorry, this is the first time I've been to a meeting, so I'm not sure about the process. Uh, please um, just sign in, and then you can okay. go ahead. Uh, my name is Lena Mikulik. I work with Horizon Architecture. I'm an architectural designer under the architect who had wrote the recommendation for this project. I have a master's degree from the University of Kansas and a certificate in historic preservation. I'm newer to Iowa City, so I'm not quite 100% um, familiar with the guidelines, but if you have any questions to clarify our argument on approving this project, I can help answer. Great, thank you. Could you uh, sign in? There's a pad right there. Jessica, what's, oh, can we ask you questions? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. What's going on above there, the second floor framing? Is there actually space up above that? There is um, some space up above that. I haven't been up in there. Uh, this is what I have seen of it. There is um, a drop ceiling and I, I guess the floor framing up above that. I believe there's a bedroom in that upper there's area. Up above the, yes. what was the garage? So this is a silly question, but can we go back to the front of the house? I'm trying to figure out what the original structure is the house itself. The garage was built on at some point? The garage was built with the house it at the was. same time. Okay. And so the window location on the garage, um, that's original to the home. This is... So the house, this faces uh, west. So the north side of the garage is over on this side. And this is the north side window. And uh, maybe they, no. And so currently I believe this is about the header location. The, I, I don't honestly know why there are two headers. It seems to me that the bottom header could be removed and then the upper header the two by 12 double could support everything. But the argument is being made that they want to align with this window instead. The side window, mm -hmm. correct, rather than the front windows of the house. And is there a reason why they want to go with a side window, which you wouldn't see from the front of the house? Um, because their header location makes that work better. If I could also input the massing of the house, 
the main part of the house is front and center, but the garage, which was the original to the house, is completely stepped back. The floor of the garage is stepped down. The floor of the bedroom is also stepped down. So the massing of the original garage is stepped back from the house. Excuse me. Mm -hmm. So we believe that dropping the windows to match the original windows on the garage would fit with the overall massing of the original design. Because if you're in the room, the front two windows would be higher than the side window if you're in that room. Yes. And to it's either aesthetically from the inside of that room or if you're standing on the outside looking at the house, you got, it's almost like you got to pick one or the other. Because if you, if you kept it from the street and it lines up, when you're in that room, you're going to have two windows at one height, one window on the side at a different height. Is that correct? On the inside, yes. On the outside, if you were coming from the north side, you I could. think you would be able to see from the corner that the windows aren't aligned in that garage. Gotcha. And to touch on the point of the existing header, that two by six header could be removed. It's not there structurally anymore. But then there would be a five inch difference if you were to align the windows to the bottom of the two by 12 header versus aligning it to the bottom of the two by six header, a difference of five inches between the bottom of that header and the window on the side of the wall. The recommended motion is that the windows on both the front and the back of the garage modification will align with the side window on the north side. The application is requesting approval to align the two front windows where the garage door used to be with the window on the side instead. But um, not the back? The back? The back, there is no window on the back, okay. uh, but they did raise the back door on the garage to match okay. with the floor inside and everything. Because the, the garage floor was at grade, and they raised that floor mm -hmm. not as much as the interior living space, but mm -hmm. they did raise it. And so the back door was raised to meet that floor level. Mm -hmm. Okay. Can we see the photo of the front of the house again? I think this is kind of their mock-up that they submitted about where it would look. This was the approval, and this was the original. Um, do we have more clarifying questions? Should we move on to commission discussion? Or are we already there informally? <laughs> um, do I have a, uh, a motion? Uh, Beck moves to approve a certificate of appropriateness for the project at 738 Rundell Street as presented in the application through the use of an exception to the guidelines for structural requirements. Ian, we have a second. All in favor? Aye. 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 Great. Okay. Uh, certificate of appropriateness uh, for 533 South Summit Street roof and columns for a side porch. I do believe we have a commissioner who should recuse himself from this project. I have to leave the room. You could quiet. go sit in the audience. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Bob make, used to make me go sit in that room. I mean, I mean, technically you're supposed to leave, but I don't think it's a big deal. 
Okay, 533 South Summit Street is in the Summit Street Historic District on the corner of Bowery and Summit. Um, this is the photo that the owners presented, and I really like it, so <laughs> I put it in here twice. <laughs> um, as you can see, this house does have aluminum siding uh, and an existing front porch. The proposal is to add to the stoop that was approved um, basically by staff approval in the past. They want to create a porch out of this, which was always the plan. And so the that would involve adding a small roof and columns to match the front porch. The A typical front porch is eight feet deep. This will be only, I believe, four feet deep. So um, the roof will be at the same pitch as the front porch, but it won't extend as tall on the wall because it's a shorter porch. So the sketches that we got in the application were a little off, and um, I'll show you that here. Uh, first, so we can see this is the porch roof, the angle of the porch roof on the front, and so if we put that same line over here, this will be the angle of the porch roof on the, the new, so it won't be done as drawn. Similarly, um, the columns were drawn not sitting on the porch, and they would actually sit on the porch in a line like a, a typical, you know, the column aligns with the skirt board and the pier below, and the, the floor structure sticks out just a little bit past that. Um, but we'd have columns that match, and otherwise we'd match the eave condition, we would match the freeze board, and they do propose to put a uh, metal roof on it too that would be a metal roof that we could approve. And that will be again here in this location between the house and the new garage. I did put in the packet something about the garage being from the 40s. No, this garage is just a few years old. Mm. Okay, any uh, public comment? Um, the staff recommendation did include just those two mm -hmm. corrections because the sketch didn't show that correctly. Gotcha. Thank you. Nope. Nope. Clarifying questions from the commission? All right. Uh, do I have a motion? Uh, Walu Reynolds moves to approve a certificate of appropriateness for the project at 533 South Summit Street as presented in the application with the following conditions that the porch roof slope matches the front porch and the column locations match the historic porch. Thoman seconds. All in favor? Aye. 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 Wagner was recused. All right. Um, Item E, public hearing, discuss landmark designation for 715 North Dodge Street. I'll get there in a second. Okay. Nice to see you, Kevin. Okay, 715 North Dodge Street is the original Emma Goldman Clinic, and we're here for a land local landmark designation of the property. This is the east elevation of the house. As you can see, it is a bungalow with craftsman influences. It's possible that it was a catalog home. Um, it is located here on the corner of the alley between Brown Street and Ronald's on North Dodge Street. As you can see, it is also 
uh, located firmly in the middle of the Brown Street Historic District, and it is considered a key property. Uh, within our classifications, key properties are either very important to the community or we think that they could be considered individually eligible for the National Register and also a local landmark designation. This means that for this property, nothing will change about how the property is regulated at all. Mm. It, a key property is treated the same as a local landmark within our regulations. And so, the designation here is more about um, telling the story of Iowa City. Here's the another view of the east elevation. You can see it has a really nice little through wall shed dormer, a nice little um, uh, bump out with a shed roof, and there's an attached garage in the back. It is very intact. It has very good what we call in architectural integrity. All right, public. So what I thought I would do is just quickly, since it's only a couple pages, is read through the document that we have. I believe that Kevin uh, wrote this document. Um, Kevin had been working with the Emma Goldman Clinic. It is their uh, anniversary at the same time. Obviously, it was founded. Um, in, in uh, 1973, so anyway. The Emma Goldman Clinic was founded by a group of 10 local college-age feminist women who decided in the wake of the January 1973 landmark U.S. Supreme Court case, Roe versus Wade, to, provo to provide healthcare services differently to women. These founders created a clinic focused on feminist healthcare, healthcare for and by women, delivering health care as a woman would have to receive it. It was a pioneering and radical approach to health care at the time. The Emma Goldman Clinic opened at 715 North Dodge on September 1st, 1973, less than eight months after the Supreme Court decision. It was the first feminist health care clinic in the Midwest and just the fourth in the country. The other three were in California. The house itself was a symbol of health care done differently, a place that removed the power dynamic of traditional male-dominated health care. The founders knew they needed a place to house the new approach to health care, so they pooled their resources to purchase the property and fund the startup costs. Roxy Tullis, one of the founders, used the death benefit of her husband, who died in the Vietnam War. Others got small loans from family and friends. One of the parents paid the women to paint their house rather than give them a loan. The property at 715 North Dodge was selected out of necessity and opportunity. The collective needed a property that was zoned commercial, close to campus, and affordable. The vernacular house, heavily influenced by the craftsman style, was built around 1920. By 1973, was being used as a rental property with three furnished apartments, one on each floor and a third in the basement, and it was for sale. The owners also wanted to leave the furniture behind, so not having to furnish the clinic was a selling feature. The basement apartment continued to be rented and provided additional income for the clinic in the early days. Once the property was acquired, the founders went to work to prepare for the clinic's opening. They were a collective, so each decision was made collaboratively. All were equal in the decision making. One of the easier decisions was the namesake. 
Emma Goldman, a feminist pioneer in women's health care, among other things. FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover called her the most dangerous woman in America. She spoke to the power dynamics the founders were trying to change. By September 1st, the clinic opened at 715 North Dodge Street. Six women had appointments for the first day. They built a comprehensive women's clinic providing abortions, birth control consultation, gynecological care, self-exam clinics, breast screenings, alternative counseling, positive pregnancy groups, well-child clinics, and a 24-hour hotline. All patients had a patient advocate. The nature of the property, a home in a neighborhood, was part of the point, to provide an atmosphere that was welcoming, familiar, and remove the power dynamic of a traditional medical office. The House also emphasized that their services were routine health care procedures. One of the founders, Deborah Nye, said in 1973, quote, we want the women to be in a comfortable, cheerful surroundings because it's not a serious operation, it's a minor operation, end quote. Press account described the waiting room that could be anyone's living room, highlighting the art, books, thriving plants, throw pillows on chairs, and classical music playing in the background. The kitchen was converted to a laboratory, but retained the cabinets and countertops. Upstairs exam rooms looked like bedrooms they once were, with floral curtains and hardwood floors and canvas director chairs. The Emma Goldman Clinic was home to protests and even an attempted firebombing in the early morning of June 13, 1978. Three Molotov cocktails from a gasoline-filled wine bottles were thrown at the clinic. One landed on the roof and did minor damage. One rolled off and caused minor, damage, minor fire damage in the yard, and a third didn't explode. No one was charged. A month later, the community held a rally supporting the clinic. One of the many times the community, community rallied to support the Emma Goldman Clinic. As the original Emma Goldman Clinic expanded, it acquired the home just south of 715 North Dodge Street. By 1985, they purchased and moved to a former pediatrician's clinic on North Dubuque Street. Originally, the Emma Goldman Clinic for Women eventually changed the name to just the Emma Goldman Clinic to be more reflective of the comprehensive services it provides. Eventually, the house at 715 North Dodge was converted back to a single-family home. It looks much like it did in 1973 with some modest changes. Commercial railings were removed, the front porch opened, and the synthetic siding removed. The original Emma Goldman Clinic for Women signage was moved from 715 North Dodge, but is on display at the current Emma Goldman Clinic. The 10 founders include Ginny Blair, Robin Christensen, Melissa Farley, Diane Green Lent, Darkin Nicholson, Deb Nye, Patty Presley, Karma Salas, Roxy Tullis, and Barb Yates. So, for landmark designation in Iowa City, the commission has to determine if the property meets two general criteria, A and B, significant to American or Iowa City history, architecture, archaeology, or culture, and possesses an integrity of location, design, setting, materials, and workmanship. And then it needs to meet at least one of the other criteria. Uh, staff recommends that it would meet the criteria for architecture because of its integrity. It 
alone might not be listed just for its architecture because it is potentially a catalog home. Um, it might not be significant for only its architecture, but it is a very intact, um, it has just good integrity. The main point of this landmark designation, though, would be for uh, criteria C, associated with events that have made a significant contribution to the broad patterns of our history. And staff definitely does find that it meets the criteria to be listed as a local landmark. The recommended motion would state any of the criteria that the commission finds that it meets. Great. Thank you. Um, okay, now, is there a public comment? Anybody? Please sign in. Hello again, uh, I'm Kevin Boyd, the former commission chair. I've served with all, but not you yet, Andrew. Great, great to meet you. Mm -hmm. um, uh, many of you might remember my final meeting just two months ago. Uh, I talked about the importance of telling a more full history of Iowa City, making sure that we preserve and share um, Iowa City's history that reflects our values our, in our community as it exists today and has, has always existed. Um, we are at the critical 50-year mark, an important um, point in historic preservation from the 1970s. That time um, in Iowa City where activism and the struggle for social, social justice really settled here and many of the individuals and groups made history and contributed to our history. And it's an opportunity to, to highlight that history as we you know, were in the 50-year mark from the, from the 70s. One of our, um, well not ours anymore, one of your work plan uh, goals is identifying opportunities to highlight Iowa City's history as a leader in social justice, racial equality, and human rights and preserve the stories and structures that help define that history. This nomination fits that objective. This project got started before I left the commission. It's an opportunity to add a unique Iowa City story, the story of these founders, radical, college-age, feminist badass, badasses, <laughs> who 50 years ago this month were preparing to open the Emma Goldman Clinic. Um, when I researched the history uh, for what Jessica just read, um, I was really in awe of the founders and how much they were able to accomplish in such a short period of time um, and how they worked together to do it and how really radical it was and also how relevant that, that fight and those works still feels today, 50 years later. Um, the founder story along with the property at 715 North Dodge, which is a residential home, is so much part of its, part of its history, deserves to be among the properties listed as Iowa City landmarks. I urge you to support this landmark nomination, and I also want to thank the property owners, Jennifer and Benton, for their open-mindedness and support of sharing their, their property's history. Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you. Um, clarifying questions from the commission? Or? I guess I don't know if that's it, That's probably thing. not relevant for a landmark. I think we might have more. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> Hi, my name is Karen Covey. And uh, besides just being a community member who's interested in historic preservation, I was the director at the Emma Goldman Clinic from 1999 to 2008. And um, I remember in the 19, early 1980s being a young person trying to prevent firebombing by just being at the clinic all night and moving around a lot, dancing and walking around and trying to stay up so that at that point the anti-choice movement didn't, didn't want to hurt people at that point. And so 
we were trying to protect the property. And so I have a long history with the clinic. And um, the clinic is now the oldest uh, reproductive health care nonprofit in the country that provides abortion care. And so those California clinics that were nonprofits are no longer with us. There's lots of reasons why clinics close. And throughout history, the people who have uh, worked at the clinic and run the clinic have been really wonderfully stubborn and have fought violence and threats and changes in healthcare, changes to the internal structure that were really hard for the clinic. And so this is really um, a landmark for the country at some level since we're the oldest clinic. And uh, there'll be lots of activities for celebration come early September. So I hope that you will approve this as part of that. And I wanna thank Kevin Boyd for, and the commission just for that value of looking at not just the grandiose places, but those places that are from a wide variety of our community. I hope you uh, approve this unanimously. Thanks. Thank you. Hi, I'm Regina Bailey, and um, currently I'm helping the clinic work on their 50th anniversary celebration. And I can't tell you how significant this nomination is to the founders and the early staff as a, the early collective, as a collective members, I, I guess I should use the correct designation as we consider our 50th anniversary. I worked at the clinic in the early 90s and its significance to this community, I grew up in Iowa City, its significance to this community um, merits this designation. And if Jessica's uh, reading of that history gives you a little bit of uh, curiosity about the, um, the clinic, I do wanna invite you to an event at Film Scene on September 3rd. It's called From One Place to Another. It was a documentary that was created in the early 90s talking about the founding of the clinic. It's at 3.30 Sunday afternoon of Labor Day weekend. It's a great, it's a great film um, and you'll really get a sense of what it took um, to create the clinic and how this uh, collective group of women, not only the 10 but the all kinds of women who were in those meetings, how they could create it so quickly. So I think by designating this, it's a reminder of our social justice um, history in this community. And it's also a reminder of the incredible things that small, you know, small groups of people with great ideas can do in a short amount of time and make a huge difference, not only in our community, in our state, but in our country. Thanks. Thank you. So sorry, I, I, I was remiss. I just wanted to let you know that one of our founding members is here in the audience, Jenny Blair, who's been in this community this whole time and has wears many hats, but a founding um, member of the Emma Goldman Clinic is a big one. Great. Mm -hmm. Are, Thank you. Is she in the picture? Are you in? Okay. No. <laughs> Jenny, it's not the founding group. Oh, okay. I don't think okay. that picture's from 70. Okay. Mm. It looks later. It's like the 80s. 80s. Yeah. <laughs> you can come up, Jenny. Yeah, please do. Right out, because that was my role. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I've been involved in several historic preservation recognitions, and this is like the newest house that I've worked on. So glad 50 years is the is the rule, <laughs> and and. Um, I just wanted to check with 
Karen. Are you sure it's not Emma J. Goldman? <laughs> All right. So if you're done, you, you would close the public hearing, just so you know. Great. Okay. Um, and then uh, is this a situation where we would have a commission discussion or yeah, you clarifying? Can discuss. Okay. All right. Um, we will close the public hearing and move on to commission discussion. I learned so much. <laughs> it's, it's great to have this information. And um, the house itself, uh, I think it's gorgeous. But with the history, um, of course, uh, this, this makes sense to me. So thank you. And the signage that indicates it's landmarked, what, what will that include? Will that where will it be placed? It won't. They don't have There's separate no. signage. Okay. Mm -mm. All right. Um, all right. Are we ready to make a motion? So I want to be clear. The criteria that those points have already been selected for us. Yeah, it needs to meet A and B. All landmarks in Iowa City need to meet that basic requirement. And then it needs to meet one of the others. Um, F it usually has to do a little bit more with archaeology. So we don't usually consider that unless it's an obvious thing. But um, And so staff has written a recommended motion that would be A and B plus C for the event mm -hmm. and E for the architecture. And you can do that as you wish. Wagner moves to approve the designation of 715 North Dodge Street, original Emma Goldman Clinic as an Iowa City Historic Landmark based on the following criteria for local designation, criteria A, B, C, and E. Willow Reynolds. Oh, sorry, go. Seconds the yeah. motion. <laughs> All in favor? Aye. 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 Great. Congratulations. Step one. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you very much. Great Work. presentation. Yeah, good. Super write interesting. Up, Kevin, thank you. Uh, I know I'm just leaving the mic, but I'm not going to right now. The, a lot of the history came from that documentary. Great. Yeah. So if you're interested in more, it's. Yeah, for sure. That's September 3rd. Film scene. Mm -hmm. 3.30. At 3.30. I think it's on their website already. Okay. Yeah. I think so. Wonderful. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Now we don't have an audience anymore, but <laughs> move on to... Popular for a while. I know. Wow. <laughs> that, was, that was wild. Um, um, okay. Uh, item F, report on certificates issued by chair and staff. Certificate of no material effect, chair and staff review. Okay, so first we have um, 804 Iowa Avenue. If you remember, they had a thing and then it was mm -hmm. appealed and whatever. Um, here's the front of the building. Here is the back. Well, I mean, this is along um, Lucas Street. This area of the stucco had been replaced with a fake stucco at one point in time, and it's failing. And this railing is a little wobbly. As... This is the original way, railing from 1966 uh, when they did the addition. And this one was revised to meet code. I think it's kind of interesting that they've continued the, the thicker posts in the same pattern as it is below. Anyway, uh, they need to replace this railing 
probably. They might just be able to anchor it better. Uh, we don't know until they get in there. There have been with some water issues. They're either going to just keep the railing as it is, or they might increase the amount of large members to make it match the bottom railing better. I don't know for sure. We did approve both because this is on the back, either replacing the fake stucco with actual real stucco because the contractor can do that, but the contractor can also install a another fake stucco. And so they're going to look at the situation and because it's on the back, we gave them both options. For a minor review, for staff review, uh, 331 South Summit Street did a deck on the back. Um, a little bit of a door reconfiguration will probably come to you soon and potentially a porch opening up, so we'll see. Mm. Uh, 614 North Johnson Street, this is one of three 1840s sandstone houses in town. Another one's on the north side and another one is on what, is it South Governor or Lucas or, I don't know, it's just south of Burlington on one of those streets. South oh, Governor. Sure. Governor, mm-hmm. Um, and this, it just needed, um, it needs a, a lot of, it, it needs a new roof and some t tuck pointing of the chimney. They will install a radon mitigation um, this is owned by a, a very fascinating uh, resident of town who has exciting stories about Germany, uh, Barbell Anderson. Her husband was in, her husband knew Van Allen or something like that. I don't know. He was a professor. Um, he is gone and she lives at 1310 Cedar, which is a historic home that was part of the Irish farmstead or whatever. And it has a log cabin in the dining room, basically. Um, um, but yeah, the, she owns this house as well, and it's a, it was the Tom Turner house where she lives, I think, isn't it? I Up think there. so. And it's 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 a huge property, and the the north side of it is St. Joseph Cemetery, I think. It's oh, up there by Reno Park. Sure. It's a big yes. White House. That's the huge, that, that huge, is it that oh, huge house yeah. that's back in yeah, the kind of wooded huge. area? It has a second floor. That place is awe-inspiring. If I'm thinking of the, no, it's the right one. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's Behind, also like Bloomington eligible. Barbel and it's what? Barbel Barbel. It's B A umlaut Barbel. Barbel. Yep. Anderson. What did you say about eligibility? Uh, her house would be eligible for a landmark. Oh yeah, yeah. For sure. Not. Ooh, uh, yeah. Anyway, so um, she has to do some work on on this one. Uh, Four twenty North Gilbert Street is just getting wood stairs instead of these cast precast concrete stairs, and that was it. Great. Um, item G, consideration of minutes for July 13th. Any disputes? Any comments? Any corrections? Any corrections? <laughs> All right. Um, uh, move to approve the minutes. Yeah, we need a motion. Beck moves to approve the minutes. <laughs> you know, we have a second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. All right. Commission discussion. Item H, the Historic Preservation Awards. Okay, and yeah, I don't know. Actually, I, I'm not going to present to you guys today the awards that we're giving out. Just trust us. <laughs> and but please put it on your calendar. The more of you who can show up on September 28th at the Highlander. Yep. Yeah, for sure. I can't. I'm. I'm sorry, but I 
can't believe that so soon. Yeah, Do I need to be it. getting photos? Uh, we, uh, so the committee met, we chose awardees, we have sent emails to the people who we knew email addresses for, and we sent letters to the others. We've heard back from just three people so far, but we gave them until, we gave them three weeks. So I think until like the 20th, somewhere in that, in August, to respond. Mm -hmm. And at that point, uh, we will start, you know, making the presentation and, okay. and writing it up and asking for photos okay, if great. we don't have them and all of that kind of stuff. So we did assign sections, and I can't remember, um, to the committee to help write. And so... So does that mean that... You do have something have, okay. you have to write. Yes, you <laughs> that's, do. That's great. That's totally <laughs> we did not give you the big section this oh. time. <laughs> Question. Uh, uh, what is this? <laughs> oh, every year we do our annual Historic Preservation Awards. And what we do is we solicit um, nominees from contractors, from the public. We're not honestly very good at soliciting nominees, mm -hmm. so we try. Um, I ask around to other staff, including the building permit people. I look through other projects that have been approved and stuff. We compile those nominees and then the subcommittee selects the awards. And we do a presentation where we um, present slides and information about each project, <coughs> brief, and uh, provide them with a certificate award. The commission was founded in um, 1983. 80, it says 82 on that. 82. The first <laughs> meetings were 83. The first awards were 83. And so this is... We are doing the 2022 awards this year, and it's our 40th annual. And so normally we meet at the library or something where, I mean, we've had 100 people to attend. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, um, last year, which was less attended, I think you said, was pretty well, it was pretty full. Yeah, it was, it was pretty good. COVID, sure. you know, <laughs> changed <Yeah>. things <laughs> a lot, but it's always recorded. And so, um, yeah, because of the fact that we had a landmark property that went through a rehabilitation um, and they're, you know, like 95% done. We are doing it there. And, um, it's a bar. There's a Perfect. And so, what's going to be off the chain? The Friends of Historic Preservation and the city are both paying for a light refreshments kind of opening. And then we'll have the presentation. And then uh, the, they'll have their cash bar in the lounge open after that. And so people can see that property so we're hoping it'll be well attended and tell everybody is it did you say it's at 5 30. Yeah, so is the it presentation at is at 5 30 but the reception will start at 5 so people okay. can show up it's just going to be cookies and juice for the reception sure all right i think i accidentally sent you a zoom invite just now jessica so please ignore <laughs> for the historic preservation that's award. okay <laughs> So, um, so anyway, that's where we are on the awards. I think we're making progress and doing good, and we've we've picked some nice awards yeah. too. So, I also um, I was supposed to just forward this to you guys, and I didn't. For some reason, I printed it out and put it in my meeting box. Um, so this is 
from one of the city... Oh, okay. Uh, the director of Corridor Can, okay. whatever that is, um, is setting up a community engagement festival. It's called CCAN Con 2023. Whoa. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, whatever. And so... Um, it is at in the Ped Mall and the library on Sunday, August 27th. And it's a community engagement festival, and they are trying to increase engagement with city government as well. And so they sent this around, hoping that they might get some interest from commissioners to potentially sit at a table as representatives of the commission during the festival. Um, and, yeah, if anyone is at all interested, I don't know that they will get a, lo a lot of people so that there would be a separate table for each commission, but I, I don't know. Um, Council member Laura Burgess um, wanted uh, this person to start reaching out to see if there was interest or anything. So would we, if we did that, would there be like... Oh, excuse me. Could we have some like printouts, like handbooks, or or anything that we could kind of share as like I, I know like Friends of Historic Preservation has T-shirts or any kind of like swag that we could <laughs> offer. Because I've just I table a lot for a little village, uh -huh. and it's always like anything people can pick up. It like draws them over like stickers. And I guess we would have to doorknobs, <laughs> pieces of brick. <laughs> examples of, of approved materials. <laughs> yeah, I have some product samples in my actually that might work. Yeah. Quarter round. <laughs> um, like a map, a printed map. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Thing. That that is something that we can look into. I mean, I don't uh, yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not sure. Okay. Um, What's the date again? It's August 27th, which is a Sunday. Oh. So maybe, I mean, if anyone is interested right now and wants to tell me, I can write the name down and then I can reach out to you. Otherwise, you can email me. It's called CCANCON? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. didn't remember that instantly? <laughs> okay. Yeah, you will it remember. It actually stuck. So yeah. CCAN is all caps with a little hyphen, and then CON is C-O-N, just right. like, Capital C O N, and then 2023. Okay. What, uh, what times is that? Do you know? I I would assume that there's an afternoon kind of commitment, but it does not say that. Gotcha. I I can just go ahead and actually forward this to the commission, like I was great. supposed to. <laughs> I'm sorry, I did not. I just didn't. For some reason, I was like, oh, I have a meeting coming up. I'll just tell you about it. <laughs> um. So. Is this a, the, a good time to talk about, like, is the um, the zoning? Okay, yeah. So that, that I was going to bring that up. Um, and just for commission information, I can talk to you a little bit about this, but we can't really say discuss it right now. Right. If you guys want to put it on the agenda, you can just tell me, um, and we can put it on the next agenda. So um, I know a little bit about the zoning code changes. One, there is a zoning code currently where you can um, uh, have a duplex, couldn't, couldn't remember the word, I was thinking buy something, but duplex on a corner. The zoning code will change so that you could have a duplex in the middle of the block. The effort is to 
increased density of housing. The lot would still need to meet all of the requirements that the zoning code has for a duplex. So it need lot size and whatever the other things are. And I guess there has been some concern based on the emails and calls that I've gotten that this will suddenly lead to demolitions in districts and people building buildings and and no, our our guidelines our and what we regulate won't change at all. I mean, so there's still not really the possibility of demoing something in the middle of a block to build a new building. But there might be the possibility of adding a door or something. Or they could convert properties to duplexes. We still have guidelines where we wouldn't. I mean, our guidelines, I think, would be pretty clear about you're not going to add a second front door yeah. to a house. I mean, the historic but district, the historic preservation overlay still applies. It, yes, it will not change that at all. So, so from a historic preservation point of view, I, you know, I think that the this might be a minimal impact. I mean, if somebody has two front doors and they're like. Um, the house on on Summit and Sheridan, yeah. it had, in fact, they wanted to remove one of the front doors and the commission said no. Right. And so, you know, they, they could use that secondary door as a door to yeah. apartment two or whatever. They could potentially use a back door for the second door to another. So what they do on the interior to divide the space and make it a duplex is not something that would be under our purview. Any changes to the exterior would. So I know that's one of the, the issues. The other one is that currently you can have an accessory dwelling unit like on the second floor of your garage or something like that, mm -hmm. only in certain zoning areas. And they are increasing the areas where that can happen. And again, you know, it would be someone either adding living space to an existing garage that is already big enough to do that, there could be someone wanting to take down a garage to build a garage with an accessory dwelling unit, but it would, again, fall under the commission's purview for review of both the demolition and the new construction. I do know that there's also some change um, that is changing the height limitation. And I don't know if that one went through PNZ or not. I, you know, oh, I don't keep lot, up like personally a, on what's going on in PNZ, but I learn about it from my fellow staff. A so. multi-story building could go up in a place where maybe it wasn't. Well, right now we have a, lim a height limitation. I think in the zoning code, just generally, it's like maybe in in a residential district, you can't be greater than 35 feet or something like that, or 32, I can't remember. Um, and it, this would limit it to 27. And so it, I'm sure that it was spawned by concerns about a new house going up adjacent to the Northside Historic District um, recently. So that one is separate. I didn't actually know about that one until recently, but... Um, yeah, so there are a few zoning code changes. Cecile did print something out, and so what I will do is, um, okay, so I'm gonna send you, I'll send you the PNZ packet that Cecile gave, and I'll also send you this CCAN thing. Um, so it's up to the commission whether or not you want to have further discussion. 
otherwise, I think that maybe one of the speakers mentioned it going to council. Mm -hmm. It might be good to watch or attend the council meeting yep. and speak up. That's totally within your purview of That's the commission. On September 5th. So, so that would be ahead of our meeting. Could we still put it on the agenda if, by at that point? or revise the agenda if it's written already. Yeah, and, and Jordan, as the chair, you know, that's the kind of thing where you can reach out to me if you want something on the agenda. I just have to be able to, I don't put something on the agenda usually unless I make a memo about it. Yep. So we have to have something to actually say. Right. So that's why, like, Noah and, and Carl want something about education on the agenda, but we need to work through what we would actually put on the agenda as our talking points yep. before we put that on the agenda. Right. So, um, yeah, so you could attend the September 5th because our meeting isn't until September 14th and want it on the agenda, and that would be plenty of time to, to do that. But I will, on, it'll be Monday probably when I'll send you the P&Z packet, or I might have Ann do it for you tomorrow, something like that. Okay. She, um, but, but yeah. Well, thanks for clarifying that. It's, it was, sounded very scary, but it sounds less I, scary now. <laughs> I, well, I was, a, I mean, I, I'm not sure exactly what some of the comments were related to. I mean, I, from my point of view, I wasn't sure exactly where everything was coming from that was from the public tonight, but maybe reading that packet might. But like an interior trim work could be completely removed and that would that doesn't fall under I mean they you, could so. divide the house with a wall down the middle on the inside yeah. and we don't yeah. we don't know or the have work integrity of the interior could I heard that yeah I've heard that the height of buildings was a concern for a lot of people but that it was something. reduced yeah yeah so uh, I believe that this new house was built to follow the zoning code okay so the way that the the way that they measure heights of buildings in Iowa City is, you know, you have your roof where you have a peak at the ridge, you have the lower end at the eave. When you divide this in half and find the center point, that's where they measure the height of the building. So the less steep your roof is, the taller your building can be. And so if you have a flat roof, you can suddenly have a building with 35 feet foot walls mm -hmm. where if you have a steep roof it's lower yeah. and so I think that this one house was designed I maybe I don't know if it's built and it was I think maybe had a flat roof and it was it has been built I don't know oh Kinnick house <laughs> no no this is on um man it's just what street is that it's just north of Mercy Hospital yeah, it's like a block. Oh, is it yeah. on Gilbert the one, Street? It's on like Davin. No, Davin. it's not on Gilbert. It's like um, Johnson. Van Buren or Van Johnson, Buren. one of the two. Johnson. I, I, oh. Okay. Is it built? just right around the corner from Mercy Hospital? So that is Bloomington but that's Street. Not in our districts, right? It and is. It be north side, the yeah. district it's cuts off there. just right. That property is the only property not in the district. Gotcha. So the line is just along the north property line of that property. Fun. Yeah. And that's and a I don't single family dwelling that's going on. I don't know that. Yeah. I'm okay. not sure. I mean, since I've gotten a lot of calls and stuff, but I'm yep. staying out of it because it's not in our purview. Right. Yeah. How do people know this is happening? They, they actually 
there are people in the community who follow all of the planning and zoning and all of the city oh, council wow. things. Okay, okay. So, yeah. so you can. I'm not one of those people. Obviously. No. <laughs> and and so I I believe that there was concern because of how tall this building is, and so they've reached out and somehow started the process to change the height okay. limitation. And um, but I'm not as clear on that one because I didn't it, know that one was in the works. Like you can't go retroactively. Like they can't go to like our no. houses or the historic houses and be like, oh, gotta lower your roof. Like, right. <laughs> well, and that's how I found out about it today. Is we had a I had an email from a property owner with a very elaborate house concerned okay. about the height limitation. But no, all. All properties would be grandfathered in. But it, so the new policy is saying it's going to be lowered to the 20s. I believe it, but it's still going through the process for approval but and all I of suppose, that. So what if this is like in a hypothetical situation, like the Peninsula neighborhood that's doing um, steep pitched roofs to replicate early century mm -hmm. roofs, would they not Would they not fall under the new zoning code then? If Anything, no, lower? Anything like, new, because it would... Anybody who hasn't gotten their building permit, anything yeah. that is from the point when it's approved, yeah. that it will impact all new construction but from that point on. If you wanted to do like a historic home replica, you would actually be stifled by this height limitation. You'd have to apply for like an exception probably, I'm assuming. I, yeah, I don't know that it would. Victorian home, you've got, you know, two feet, maybe 10 feet, there's 12, another so you wouldn't hit 35 10. anyway. The moment you hit you that, and what Jessica described is spot on. They do that midpoint, and it, you can get a pretty big yeah. Roof at I, that. Okay. And I, th I do believe that part of the reason, I think those who were, I don't know, petitioning or or asking for the change, went out and looked and were like, wow, no houses are actually at this height. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. You know, I, I think that was part of the argument is that it's higher yeah. than what we have going on. Higher than, yeah, than in historic, the community. So, right. And okay. so we need right. to lower it. Great. So I think that was part of it. Okay, that's that makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. There's a new house too. Um, it would be west of City Park, Upper City Park that just went in. That's not a historic district, oh. but that house is so much taller than the old homes around oh, it. So that might be part some of, of it, it, too. Yeah, it really stands out. But we should probably stop talking about yeah. it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe it's it's good to uh, um, you know get the questions yeah. answered and everything. We, we think that there have been a lot of misconceptions about you know people thinking that uh, it might lead to demolitions and stuff that it's just not going to. So... It, it is good, you know, if you have people who ask questions about that, you can point them to staff. You can answer the questions as you know. Um, but, yeah, we do want to make sure that people aren't just confused and spreading rumors about things that aren't actually facts. Okay. So It did concern me that um, the one male speaker, he, he hinted, I thought, that the city could do away with historic preservation. He was yeah, I don't know. With, I mean, he said planning and zoning, but uh -huh. okay. Yeah, I feel like there is a little bit of um, I will just say it classism that's taking place maybe in some arguments. Uh, um, so I, that's something I'm aware of. I think like density, especially in a controlled under our you know under our kind of guidelines, it's probably not a bad thing. So. And the lot has to be big enough. There's actually quite a few lots that aren't. Yeah. 
So. Anyway, right. I think that that was all I had. So um, if you guys wanted to make a motion to adjourn. Yep. Is there a motion to adjourn? Wagner moves to adjourn. Bowman seconds. <laughs> all in favor? Aye. 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 We don't have to vote on that. No. You don't. <laughs>